0: Welcome to the first episode of Season 2 of Kenny and the Coaches. I hope that you have enjoyed listening as much as I have enjoyed talking to these coaches over the past year. Feel free to send me suggestions of coaches you would like to hear from in the future. Some of my more memorable podcasts have been from your suggestions, so keep them coming in. Today, I'm talking with a coach from your suggestions. I'm talking with 2022 state champion Washington Warriors head football coach Brad Beller. Washington is a school that, since the turn of the century, has been one of the premier programs in the state in any sport. And here's my conversation with Coach Brad Beller. All right, Coach, thanks for joining me today, and congratulations on bringing home that gold ball. Have you gotten used to hearing state champion coach yet? You
1: know, I I really haven't. I have Hello. we want it but uh it definitely has a nice ring to it
0: yeah yeah now now taking over at washington in, in 2010 so many times getting getting so close uh take us through what it felt like when that final buzzer went off in in this year's state championship game
1: you know i, I think what was I, you, all these years you, you keep waiting on that moment to happen you keep wanting uh that moment to happen for your players and what is it going to look like and, and uh I really think uh you know, what am I gonna what's my reaction? My reaction really was uh I'm ready to see these guys, these these coaches and this, this group of young men that have worked so hard and been through so much together. I really wanted to just sit back and watch them celebrate. Um and so just took a deep breath, uh got on the other side of all the mayhem going on and watching our student section and parents float onto the field. Uh that that was that was a great moment that I'll always remember uh, just getting to see the excitement uh, and the work because in that moment, it really was the journey that was the rewards of all the things that we've done that year uh, to get to that point. So it was a, it was a very uh, great moment that uh, I got to experience with, you know, a lot of friends and family and also these, these great, this great team that, that worked so
0: hard. Oh man. And that, and that'll be something, you know, 10, 20 years down the road. at reunions and stuff, all those, those players will come back and it will just be something that all you guys can remember together. You know, it's something you never forget. I know, uh, I went to school at Fox and, you know, I didn't play on the team. I was way too young, but when they won it in 85, uh, I mean, those guys, people still talk about that, you know? So even just winning, winning one is just a, a big deal to a community, you know?
1: It, it really is. in these small communities across Oklahoma, you know, down in Fox, uh, I I was little, but my uncles um, um, always talked to me. My two twin uncles played at Washington. They didn't get to play against Fox in 85, but, you know, they still talk about the Fox Foxes of 85. You know, (laughs) Uh, me, I remember the the Velma teams of the early 90s, you know, winning back-to-back. And and so your name, that year becomes synonymous with that team. And and so when you say 1996, Washington Warriors, you know that that was the state champion. So Mm -hmm. uh, it still hasn't sunk in of, what this 2022 Washington Warriors team is going to be remembered for, and all the, you know, all the great things—not just for this year and the excitement they're going through now, but all the years, you know, uh, ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Looking back on this year and how special it's going to mean to so many people.
0: That—that's going to go into kind of this question. I watched an interview you did with—I uh, think it was Hunter Shepard right after the, right after the, the the state championship game, and you said that the program was built on the back of giants. Is that kind of what you meant by that? It, it
1: is. Um, you know, I've had the luxury of um, being old enough. I was nine years old whenever we started this run at the playoff streak in 1991. And uh, I remember my love for Washington football started in 1991 at Wayne, Oklahoma, for the district championship game. And my cousin, Robbie Hyde, was the quarterback of that team. And and uh, watching that program go from three and seven and two and eight the, the previous years to... All of a sudden, they're playing for a district championship. Um, Those guys are giants. Those Mm -hmm. guys are giants to our program, and then ultimately leading to the success from 91, 92, making it to the – they got beat by Ringling in 91, 92. They get beat by Velma Elman in the semifinals, and then ultimately winning the state championship in 96 and then sustaining that momentum all the way to this point. All those guys that came before us are are giants in my mind and in, in our kids' minds and and
0: definitely in our town. Now, that you know, you kind of talked talk about getting beat um, uh, by Ringland, by Velman and those games, I don't think that's something people realize, especially like when you're coaching kids, how much, you know, the little things matter. Because, I mean, you guys won by three points this year, right? Yep. I mean, and in the, year, in the previous years that you came so close, it was a one-score game, or, or fairly close. I mean, kind of take us through, like what it's like being in those situations where it's one little mistake here or, you know, momentum swing here can kind of determine a game in the playoffs. It,
1: you know, Jody Weber, uh, from that was the Hall of Fame coach down in Davis, he had had four silver balls uh, before uh, they had won it in uh, 13 and 14, and I asked him what the difference was, and he said the breaks that, that don't go your way in those previous finals when you lose – just go your way. And if you look us going four out of six on fourth down, um, you know, there in the, in the fourth, third and fourth quarter in um, conversions, those were things that didn't go our way uh, in, in 2020 and 2021 and 2017. We were the ones that were turning it over uh, and, the, and the big plays didn't go our way. And so as that game was unfolding and you see all the fourth down conversions and the field goal attempt uh, by a sophomore kicker in Mason Thomas, you know, and you started seeing that. Um what Coach Weber told me was true. You know, you just make those plays in that game. They're are plays that you make in the semifinal in the quarterfinals, but they haven't happened for you in the finals. Oh, yeah. uh they happened for us that day and, and you know, and, and a seventeen fourteen win is what the outcome was.
0: Yeah. Now you kinda of talk about your, your sophomore kicker. Kind of who were some of the players that were kind of key for you this year.
1: You know, it starts uh with our senior group, um it wasn't a big senior group as far as numbers, but they were a group that had been through a lot of battles. Uh, a lot of them had started since their sophomore year. Uh, Cole Scott um, it w- was the heartbeat of our team. They—he was the running back that uh, had uh, 2,000 yards his junior year. Um, has a chance to go and and uh, potentially win the state championship last year on the winning drive, and um, you know has a fumble that he—he's not a fumbler and he fumbles and and through his uh, adversity that he went through in that state championship game in 21 against Marlo, um he, the way that he handled it and the way that he galvanized this team is the reason why we were back there this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Hayden Milner was a defensive end that uh, was our energy guy. He fought through a broken collarbone this year and came back and was a spark plug defensively. And then uh, Caleb Bruce was our center. Um, those, those those guys brought so much energy and excitement, and then you had the stability of Jackson Hendricks. Uh, a senior safety that uh, could have been a guy. He didn't win the starting position at quarterback. Could have pouted and felt sorry for herself. Mm-hmm. Found a home at safety and became a great player for us. So, those are guys that uh, that go beyond the stats of why we are the program we are uh, because of the way that they fought for their teammates uh, mm-hmm. and they they did their job for the betterment of the team, not for the betterment of themselves.
0: Yeah. How how I've talked about this with other coaches. How. Important. How vital is it to have that inner competition, that kind of iron sharpens iron thing? Because I've talked even with some of our coaches about, you know, at bigger schools you've got more competition for positions. How 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 important is that to building a good program?
1: I think it's vital, and mm-hmm. I think that it's 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 very important even at the earlier age. I think the more that you can do that whenever they get into your program in junior high, mm-hmm. um, the the better off you are in the end because they know that they have to earn uh, something. And I think that that's why sports is so great is Mm. the entitlement we have in this world right now is horrible. And when you have to earn something, that's something that they're going to carry to the rest of their life. So it does make for a good football program, but I think it's even more, more important for them to, to learn how to fight, earn something, uh, in life. And even if it doesn't turn out your way you lose in the state championship game or you win the state championship game, you've earned what you got. And, um, I think that our program uh, was built on that, like we talked about earlier with all those previous teams, mm-hmm. uh, and I really think that that's why we're so consistent uh, now. Is because uh, of that uh, iron sharpens iron mentality, and um, you know, every day in practice, having that mentality of going and earning, uh, you know, what you're going to get.
0: Absolutely, preach it, preach it. <laughs> De- yes, Describe what it's like to coach at Washington. I mean, the facilities, the community support. And to me, this is the big thing, an admin that supports all athletics. I mean, how, what, what's, it, what's it like coaching there?
1: It is a, you know, people will, will talk about, oh, I bet it's easy. It's hard mm-hmm. uh, because you've you got to make sure that you're working as hard as the kids. And so uh, we wouldn't have, I wouldn't have that ability without the administration I have of putting a good supporting cast of administrators, coaches, um, support staff, even down to our trainers and managers and everything, um, they do the best that they can to give us the tools to be successful. Um, on top of that, uh, to be in a community that will support you in whatever way it is, whether it's finances, whether it's facilities, whether it's just food and clothing for the players or you know whatever it might be, they, they are so supportive, and uh, you don't worry about walking out to the community and saying, hey, we need this for our program. Uh, And and they tell you 10,000 reasons why we can't do it. Uh, Mm. They find a way to do it. And I think that that's what separates us from a lot of programs is the administration letting... The community be as involved as they are uh, to support this program and the administration giving you what you need uh, to be a successful program. And it, it's a, there's a lot of pressure involved. Mm-hmm. Me being from there is one, you know, a lot of people know me as Brad, not really Coach Beller. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but, but uh, I, I love it. It's a town that I um, have always loved. And, and my, I'm a fourth generation Washington Moyer, And so um, I absolutely, you know love it and and that was what my dream was is to someday bring home a state championship um, to Washington Warriors. was hoping it was going to be as a player and now as a coach it's it's even more sweeter because of all the people that are involved
0: oh yeah i bet so i bet so I know when i first started out coaching i was at fox it was my alma mater and that was that was my big dream of getting a state championship before before i left cuz i didn't get one as a player cuz i mean i played In the early mid '90s, with all the with the Ringlands and the Velmas, so it was kind of, it was tough to win very many games. But that was something I always kind of regretted was not being able to bring home a championship at Fox. But it it does, I I imagine it is pretty sweet to bring one there as a to your alma mater as as a coach. Now, how how well do the different programs complement each other there? Because I mean, you look at it since two thousand, really. I mean, your girls' programs, your, your boys' programs are always, in any sport, you say Washington, you're like, ooh, that's going to be a tough game. How, how well do you guys kind of work together? Because I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that it takes that, especially like in the boys' program, you all have to kind of work together to keep advancing the athletes.
1: We do. And, and, and I know that this is going to kind of sound crazy, but I, I think that it starts with our defensive coordinator, head baseball coach, Jeff Caldus. He mm-hmm. is our PE teacher in the elementary And he preaches to those kids, be an athlete. Don't just be a baseball player. Don't be a basketball player, football player, you know, whatever. You go be an athlete and you help us. And he preaches that at such a young age that when those kids come up, they want to be Washington Warriors. They don't want to be a Washington football player or a Washington basketball player. They just wanna be a Washington Warrior mm. and they take pride in that and I really think he does a great job at that elementary and then our junior high level coaches, uh, from baseball, basketball to football track, we all preach Washington Warrior, Washington Warrior, not just the one program. And I really think that what that does is allow those kids, if the kid doesn't play football, uh basketball or baseball, it's not gonna be because of another sport saying, uh, you just need to concentrate on this. Um because we're all in on the Washington brand, not just the Washington team, one one program, but uh, an actual athletic program, mm-hmm. and uh, our coaches show support for their players in the other sports that they play by being there, coming out, you know, celebrating with them, and um, and so and and it also crosses the the line of girls' softball and girls' basketball. Our our boys go and support them. Uh, on game day, our football game day, they're going to the state tournament and supporting our girls in softball. So, uh, it there there's no lines or boundaries. We see ourselves as Washington and Washington Warriors more than we do as a football program, a baseball program, or you know any of the mm-hmm. other sports. Well,
0: that's that's about, that's that's big, especially you know having it at the young age. Just like what you were saying, Coach Colbeth preaching just be just be an athlete. That that's big because I think anymore. Uh, it doesn't sound like you guys have that issue there, but I know a lot of places have kids that just want to be this or just want to be that. I, I've never understood that. I always played everything. I'm sure you probably did too. Probably played all sports just to, just to experience it, if anything, but that, that's big having it kind of ingrained at them at a young age. Hey, just go out there and be an athlete. Just go out there and have fun first and then get, become an athlete as you move along, you know? Yeah. You never know. I mean, you might not think you're a baseball player. You might not think you're a football player, and you get out there and do it, and hey, I, I can do this. You
1: <laughs> know? That's right.
0: Now, where does uh, where does Washington football go from here? I mean, you know, you fought and fought to get to the mountaintop. Now you're at the mountaintop. How do you maintain staying at that mountaintop?
1: I think that you got to look at it as a springboard, uh, not as a, a final destination. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been talking about for the last 26 years trying to work so hard to get here uh well in 1996 we win it in 97 we get knocked out in the second round Mm -hmm. and i know that that's always been a thorn in all those players sides i was a freshman on the 97 team so i watch them win it in 96 as an eighth grader we have 18 out of 22 starters come back in 97 we get knocked out in the second round Mm -hmm.
0: um
1: and and i know that from and for all those guys on that team it was just a missed opportunity um and and it 's like we've been struggling ever since ninety seven just man we 're so close and we can't get back and we can 't win it or we get back and we don 't win it and I think that we've got to see this as a springboard to take us to an even a higher level, uh not just seeing okay, this is the highest level for this year, but we want to continue to build something um that is looked upon um you know whether you can get the-
0: oh, kind of lost you there a little bit. I'm sure coach will be back with us in just a second. Um in the meantime. This
1: is not a finality. It's a it's a it's a springboard to even more success in the future.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now um kind of shifting gears a little bit, who are some of the people that have influenced how you coach and your decision to become a coach? I I look
1: back on the coaches that I had in high school. Um uh, Keith Hamilton, I can't, I can't even. I hate saying the name Keith because to me he's always <laughs> Coach Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, if he if he hears this, I, I apologize to him because <laughs> I've never called him Keith, Keith before. But um, Coach Hamilton, um, and he he was a, a guy that was my junior high football coach. Uh, coach Sneberger was a coach that had won at '96, always looked up to. That was a guy that won it, and then my high school head coach, Coach McCray. Um they all set good examples for. They made the coaching profession have a purpose beyond just winning, and I always thought that that was there was so much more to to a program than just winning. Um, it was uh, making impressions, good impressions, and, and good good men uh, for life, and using the the offer the platform of football to make better men. Mm-hmm. and um, And I think that that, that there's a higher calling to being a football coach than uh, winning, because winning's just a byproduct of doing things right, you know, on a daily, weekly basis, and uh, they they made me love the game because of how they coached me and how they loved me. So, um, they those guys had a had a huge impact. Since I've been in coaching, Coach Colvin, uh, Coach K, he he's my defensive coordinator. But uh, he I would not be I would not be the coach, the man. Uh, I wouldn't even be at Washington without him. Mm-hmm. And he means so much to me beyond just the coaching world, uh, just in a personal. Way I mean I see him as family as much as anything, but uh, he he was he has been the biggest uh, reason for the success that our programs had uh, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now you kind of talk about Coach K and your coaching staff. How how important is a coaching staff like you being the head coach? How important are your assistant coaches to the program?
1: I hear horror stories about other coaching staffs and they don't mm-hmm. get along or. They're bad-mouthing one another, and there's not much trust there. Mm -hmm. Um, What they're going to say in the community, because they can destroy you uh, in the community's opinion, you know, by, you know, he should be doing this or he should be doing that. And our coaching staff is a very tight-knit group, Mm -hmm. Um, and and they're willing to um, duke it out and and battle it out uh, in game planning or uh, decision-making that we have for the the program behind closed doors Um, when we come out. And we have criticism I tell them you take the criticism you 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 say I'll talk to coach Beller about it but I said we defend one another uh, out out there I'll defend you mm-hmm. um, you you defend me and and I think that that uh, that our team sees our coaching staff do that and knows that our coaching staff does that and I think that they have um, you know leadership will you know your attitude of your team and, and everything will reflect the, the attitude of your leadership and and the fact that those guys love our, our kids so much and they support one another so much um, is why the, our, our program continues to excel.
0: Yeah, yep, absolutely, absolutely. Now, kind of shifting gears a little bit more, <laughs> do you think – I mean, it, it seems like I've heard talk of this, but uh, just, you know, how talk goes. Do you think that, like, NIL, the name Im- image likeness thing, is something that will eventually filter down into the high school levels?
1: I really think that that goes to our state leadership, uh, the OSSAA, um, and, and, and the reason why is this, I, I think that as long as they hold on to the uh, transfer rule that they have where you can't transfer and become immediately eligible, mm-hmm. um, because there is open transfer now, I think that that will, I think that that can potentially be maintained and contained, um, um, the NIL can be contained at a local level mm-hmm. where it's something that maybe you can get your hands wrapped around, but if it comes to a point where um, those kids can transfer and be immediately eligible, I think that you're going to have bidding wars that coaches can't touch, that coaches won't even know are going on, oh, and then yeah. it's going to create a ton of, uh, of resentment and uh, within your program. Um, I think that that's something that could potentially even at a local level be an issue with the NIL, because you know my, the running back, the star running backs, getting. X amount of dollars or he's getting uh, promotional and all of a sudden he looks like he's elevated above the program, that's going to make our jobs very difficult Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, now egos start getting involved and it becomes more than the game and more than the team. It becomes about individuals, um, and and that's, that's not where the focus ever needs to be, so uh, there there are, co- are some concerns that uh, we're going to have to be prepared for as high
0: school coaches. Yeah, boy, that's something I never thought would ever happen. I never thought I'd see it at the college level. and Now, I guess it's currently going on in Texas right now, but, boy, that's, that is something that's kind of scary to think about. I don't think, you know, smaller, smaller schools have to worry about it too much, but, boy, it's uh, it kind of a scary thought. I hadn't thought of it the way that you'd put that, but, yeah, it would, uh, it would put a lot of uh, – because, you know, kids aren't – Mentally ready to do to be a part of stuff like that. I don't th- I don't even know if they're really that mentally uh, capable of doing that in college. You know, so no. yeah, that that, no. that, that is going to be something something to kind of think about. And also, um, the class splits that's coming up in a couple of years. How how do you think? Do you first of all, do you think it's a good thing, and how do you think it affects two A? Uh,
1: you know, here. I think we're – and it's easy for me to say that I, I don't um, like the split because I just won a state championship game. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do think that whether I agree that we need to have two more additional state champions or not is is really irrelevant of me to say whether, it, oh, is it going to water anything down. But I think the purpose, whenever I was given the the paperwork and it gave the rationale, which was to save some of these smaller 11-man schools in A and 2A – that there's such a, a discrepancy between, um, you know, enrollment from the bottom of 2A to the top of 2A and the bottom of A to the top of A. Mm-hmm. I really think that the the rationale behind it to save these programs from e- from even falling even more into eight-man, mm-hmm. I think is a good thing. Um, I, I just wish that there was another way to to maybe do it without having more more
0: division uh within our classifications yeah i mean that's like, so i see i kind of see both sides of it and i kind of i think i ask yeah. every football coach this question just you know because some people that are more positive with the ones that are kind of struggling with the programs keeping you know, on bouncing back and forth because i where we are we, this is our first year back in 11 man and you know we're kind of looking at whenever this split happens we may be back in eight man we don't know and that's kind of tough on a program to go from you know two years of 11 man, then back to two years of eight man. And you never know, you might be back in 11 man after that. It's kind of, so it's kind of tough. Hopefully, like I said, I I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but I mean, at least, at least something is happening there because I've, you know, we've experienced having to miss games because uh, teams couldn't field enough players, you know? Right. So, and and that's something that you, that guys in 2A really won't have to worry about because you're, I mean, your numbers are big enough where you're going to have enough, players but I kind of see that's one of those things too I kind of see both sides of it you know and,
1: and I think that you know there's some pride that uh us small schools sometimes take go in going extra weeks uh, you know yeah. it's, it's a um, it's a long I mean you start playing 15 weeks that's a lot of football but I do understand even from the safety standpoint of reducing another game in the classifications that have the least amount of depth and so yeah. that it does make sense um and, and you want to say football uh, in, in as many programs as you possibly can. Um, so I do think that the numbers of players, people going to participate in high school football will go up because of the split. Yeah. Um, maybe it's just a traditionalist in me wanting, you know, cause right now if the split took place right now. Um, you know, Washington and Millwood would be in different divisions yeah. and, um, and you <laughs> might go, well, isn't that getting rid of some of your competition? Well, I don't want to lose uh, and Davis and Millwoods, I enjoy playing against those programs, you know, for state mm-hmm. championships and stuff. And so um, – but, uh, but I do think that it was necessary uh, at the time just to make sure that we save as many football programs and get as many kids out for football as possible.
0: Sure, sure. Now, Coach, I got one final question for you before I let you go. Which is tougher, game planning for a high-powered offense or game planning against a stout defense?
1: That's a good one. I've been been on both sides, but that's a great question. Um, I'll tell you, uh, a high-powered offense gives me more nightmares, I think, uh, just because it's uh, it's one of those things where, um, you know, a lot of times defensively, there's you you can kind of see what they're lined up in before the play, and you can kind of do check with these, and you can kind of change your offense to tempo to, to maybe try to you can maybe try to affect a, a good defense by the way that you call the game or the formations or the tempo and, and stuff like that. And so, mm-hmm. um, to, to me, that's the offense. Calling an offense is a little bit more, you've got control over how the defense is going to have to adjust. Where these offenses come out, and one said, I know we played Frederick this year, and they come out in full-back uh, full or uh, full-house backfield. <laughs> in the next play,
0: they were in empty. And you're trying to do that with the same personnel you had as a full house backfield? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Just even from my side of things, I'm defensive coordinator here at, at Empire. Oh, you still there? Okay, <laughs> yeah, no, you got cut yeah. out a little bit there. But no, I was saying from my side of it, I'm, I, I just do the defense. And I know I hate seeing teams like you were saying, like Frederick, that. Sometimes they'll be in a full house backfield, and the next time they're spread out, you know. And it's just kind of, you know that you, you know what to do, but it's you hope your your kids know what to do in that situation. That's right. You know, that, that, yes, that's the big thing. Well, coach, man, I, I appreciate you taking time and speaking with me, and once again, congratulations on winning that gold ball this year. And I'll be definitely keeping up with Washington football. Yes,
1: sir. Thank you.
0: Thanks again to Coach Beller for being the first guest of Season 2. And thank you for tuning in to Kenny and the Coaches. Feel free to share this episode and don't forget to check out some of my past episodes with coaches and people associated with Oklahoma high school sports. A new episode comes out every Sunday at 10 a.m. So go ahead and subscribe while you're surfing through the episodes. And if you didn't remember, it's Kenny and the Coaches. And that's Kenny with an E. Until next time.